Good evening guys, you're very welcome to the second episode of Modern Life is Rubbish. It's Friday, the something of March. I'm not entirely confident what date it is, um, due to this weird... It's the 27th, it's the 27th, I fact-checked that, it's the 27th of March. Um, yeah, time is an abstract concept right now because of Corona fever. Um... I don't know if it's it's right to to call it that, but that's how it feels. It's like a it's like a shitty Christmas, right now, because uh one day just seems to be the same as as the next and the same as yesterday and it doesn't seem to be a future. Yeah, I'm only joking. Of course, there's a future. Um, yeah, it's a weird time. Hey, Boris Johnson apparently has has COVID nineteen. Miles, I do you know what I haven't even bothered looking. Um. I didn't spend a great amount of time uh, on my phone today. I'm still working. Um, I'm still still pulling pulling coffees and being generally truculent to people who just want to give me money, um, which which it probably isn't the best idea. I should probably be more friendly, um, but you know it is what it is. There's only me, and you might hear a cat. I apologize if you hear a cat in the background, but like all good. Um, lesbians. I I have a cat. I have two cats actually, so that's nice. Um, yeah. So so back to the back back to the excitement. Yeah, there's only myself and one other place I think that's open for coffee and stuff. Because obviously there's a lockdown. I was very surprised to find out that. Uh, that yes, okay, so cafes and restaurants, etc, etc, had to close as being non-essential businesses, but takeaways can remain open, which is a bit odd. Uh, so we're in we're in these very strange times where we're supposed to stay at home and we're supposed to limit our contact with other people. Uh, but you can still go out and get a, you can still go out and get a coffee. Um... You know, you can still get a takeaway. It's it's very strange. I mean, I, d- I don't know, because a, a lot of people are sort of looking at this as like a war footing kind of thing. Uh, so I suppose most recent history, you'd think of the Second World War and and that and that sort of vibe. I do have a full bottle of wine in me tonight, by the way, just because, you know, YOLO. Um, and obviously we're all sort of thinking YOLO indeed. Right now, so I do have a full bottle of wine in me, which is very nice. It's just giving me a nice, pleasant high. Not like a heroin high, just a, like a. Oh, I don't know. I don't want to start talking about drugs. Anyway, um, yeah. So if you think about the Second World War, like there was, I mean, there was nobody nipping down, you know, nipping down the town to go and do their groceries, and pick up a latte on the way. You could fucking two ounces of cheese, one egg per family. And, you know, four ounces of corned beef to do you the week. So I think I think people's, you know, perception of sacrifice is probably ridiculously skewed for, you know. But anyway, uh, I'm I'm working away until I'm told not to because I've bills to pay and, and stuff. Plus, I don't think I could sit in the house. 
I think I'd go fucking bananas. And I'd end up doing a podcast every day. And it would just be an absolute weird stream of ridiculous consciousness. Which is probably what this is. But, you know, it's good crack. Uh, podcasts are the new black. So, I'm, I'm getting in, I'm getting in on it. Um, so, what I had loosely sort of thought of doing tonight. Did you like the way I tried to, like, <laughs> sex the thing up? By throwing a bit of music in at the start. Um, yeah, it, it loosely... It loosely plays into the the topic, um, which is a letter to my fifteen year old self. Um, and the thought process behind that was, uh, yes, obviously the title in general of the whole thing is "Modern Life Is Rubbish," which I fully believe. I am a whore for nostalgia. I love it. I love nostalgia so much I could eat it, and I probably would because let's face it, I'm a fat fucker. I love to eat, uh, but if I could eat something all day long. It would be nostalgia of nostalgia for the the, the early nineties, late eighties, early nineties. I love it. Um, I've had a very uh, like if I had a spidey sense, it would be my memory, my long term memory for stuff like that. Um, and it's always through like rose tinted. It's all it obviously is rose tinted, like um, but pop. Pop culture, current affairs, all that stuff. I just fucking sponged it up. Possibly because I spent a lot of time in front of the TV. Um, I want to say in, in front of the TV, I don't mean cartoons and stuff. I mean the news, <laughs> which was great banter. Because I always spent uh, most evenings in, in my grandparents' house, which was beside school and blah, 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 blah. And there was always like this weird um, rush to the TV because um, live at three would be on, obviously, a three, if anybody remembers that. It was a, a terrible magazine format type show, which was an RTE, which tells you all you need to know. So it was, it was basically RTE in the late 80s. Uh, it was dreadful. and But Granny and Granda would have loved it, you know. Um, so it was like the late, late, but shit. Shitter. And it was on, you know, in the middle of the day when nobody was watching their TV. It was a guy called Derek Davis. Uh, and I think there was some sort of token woman that was involved in it as well and Derek Davis always wore a suit that was the same colour as the set So it, and it was beige so it was basically it was a beige television programme so I did not want to watch that it was a choice of that or I could watch something bright and fun and colourful like BBC the children's stuff or Dempsey's Den um, which was a precursor to the den with Ray Darcy but it was a guy called Ian Dempsey that, that did it first of all with Dempsey's den so basically cartoons and stuff um, but yeah so I, I I rarely won that that race to the TV uh, my my older obviously he's older my I, I don't know what age my granddad would have been that time I suppose like uh, he would have been I suppose he was late 60s so there was a, you know he always won but the odd time I would win. But generally speaking, he always won. So it was live at three, followed up with uh, the news for the rest of the evening. Um, so I, instead of watching Grange Hill, I was watching like Kate Smith talking about who could blew up that day. <laughs> Which sounds fucking, I shouldn't be laughing like, because it, it, it's, it's so bad. Like, But most of my childhood memories are are, are sort of, you know, 
you know, they're they're earmarked or dog-eared by what the terrorist atrocity of the day was. Um, standout moments were Michael Stone hurling fucking grenades at people in Milltown Cemetery. That was good banter. So, like, how do you, how does a child, you know, a guy would have been, I think that was, what, 88, 87, 88? So he's five or six years of age. So how do you, you know, <laughs> nobody ever sat me down and said, pet, do you know what's happening? Bad men are fighting each other for no fucking reason. And sometimes people get fucking killed and maimed. But, you know, <laughs> nobody had that conversation with me. So I was like, well, this is, this is perfectly fine. This is what's happening. Um, You know, there's, you know, there's a funeral and then some man appears <laughs> from behind a fucking gravestone and fires a load of grenades, which makes Jerry Adams tell everybody to calm down. Um, not that you heard him say that he that everybody had to calm down because he was he was badly dubbed. But anyway, um, so yeah, fuck that was a big digression there for for me actually talking to myself. Um, yeah, so yeah, modern life is rubbish. Blah blah blah. Yes. So when you sit back and I was I was sort of thinking like what was a a, a great time in my life like what was what was a standout time and I've, I sort of whittled it down to probably when I was about 15 so I would have turned 15 in November 97 so I just got the tail end it was just the tail end of 1997 and then into 1998 which was a fucking fantastic time and I loved it it was absolutely fantastic everything was great skies were blue the sun was shining school was fucking unbelievable crack um I thought, but but if I had to write a letter to myself, and and warn, you know, I was saying, you know, could could you go back in time and warn yourself? Here, there's gonna be a fucking a pandemic in twenty twenty, so throw a few pound away, or you know, travel to China, and sort out the whole wet market thing. Tell people, lads, don't be eating bats. I realize that this is so. I hope you. Take this in the spirit and tell this is satirical and nonsensical. So I am, this is not a, a, a racist thing. This is not me being cheeky or anything. I'm just trying to be amusing, right? Um, But yeah, travel back in time. Sorry, travel forward in time. Oh, fuck, I don't know. But just say, yeah, 15-year-old Leanne, shit's going to go down. This is what's happening. Um, And you see these sort of mindfulness people chatting and saying, you know, what, what would you say to yourself? Right, I, I've got this great friend called Sarah and Sarah is just possibly the, the best person I've ever known and uh, we've had some unbelievable laughs together like down through the years but she's just she has a way of putting a fine point on things that's so so eclectic and so bizarre but it's so fucking right and um uh, we were having a conversation one day and I was on a rant and most of my rants involved me ranting about myself so I was I was hurling insults at myself just in general chat and she said Leanne I've been talking to you for about four minutes and you've called yourself a fat cunt at least 11 times and a silly fucker and all these all these sort of slights on yourself and I was like ah yeah but you're you know like you know you know yourself like and she was like no I don't know myself just would you know? Would you say that to a child? Would you say to a child, "You're a silly fucker" or "You're a fat cunt"? 
which obviously you wouldn't unless you're mental. Um, I said, no, no, I wouldn't. And she says, well, that child, you were a child one time and that child is still there inside you, you know, ethereally or whatever. I said, right, okay. And I was like, fuck, she's right, you know. Um, so, I have lost my train of thought. But anyway, me and Sarah spent a great amount of time together. Uh, we were we were best chums in school. So, um, yes, mindfulness. Um, mindfulness people always say, what would you say to yourself? You know, if you could if you could write yourself a letter and, you know, you know, blah, 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 blah. So that's that's where I was going with this. So I, I threw a wee a wee question out on the Twitter earlier on. If you could write a letter to your 15 year old self, what would you say? So uh, Nikki Mack has said, stay as you are. Your opinions matter. Things will get better. You're worth the effort. So, yeah, yeah. So it's all, all very, very valid. Um, a 15 year old's opinion generally does not matter um, because they're full of shit but well done um, I, I appreciate I am taking it in the spirit intended uh, a lot of people have there's Fiona Fiona Mooney has said do not listen to careers advice now I know from scrolling through these that a few people have mentioned that um, yes yeah, so do not listen to careers advice an academic kid can study sports P.S. Save money for four months of no work in twenty twenty. Yeah, that would be a that would be a crucial one. Uh, yeah, careers in school was bollocks, wasn't it? Um, I went to an all girls grammar, so at no stage in careers did anybody say, "Do you know what, girls? Hairdressing is a fucking awesome career," or you know, nail art. Well, then nail art wasn't really a thing back in the sort of mid nineties. Um. Or was it? It definitely wasn't a thing for me. I I stand to be corrected in that one. Um, but yeah, you didn't really. There was there wasn't a a a, a massive amount of career options given to you. Like you had your your normal ones: your doctor, your lawyer. Uh, what's the other one? Doctor, lawyer, teacher, nurse, vet. Um. When I say lawyer, obviously I mean solicitor over here. Um, so, there, yeah, there wasn't a great deal of... I do remember. <laughs> in, in careers at one stage, um, like nobody knew what to do, right? Like It's fucking ridiculous to ask a 17, 18-year-old to sit down and say, right, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life, right? So doctors, right, that's, that's a... That's a vocation. So that's something that fucking is obviously now like you couldn't be talking about this at a more perfect time. But a medical profession in general, you know, maybe with the exception of what do you call the skin guys? What are they called? What's the skin doctor called? Fuck, I don't know. Right, anyway. So proper doctors. That save people's lives and all like that's that's in your DNA that's in your fabric, you don't just decide to do that because it's fucking good dough right it's it's obviously in you, um, but <laughs> we were we're all doing our fucking UCAS forms oh your UCAS form you know the way you spend about six months doing that, incidentally, I sent my UCAS form off, on a Sunday evening I went into the fucking post post office in Newtown 
So because obviously there was a postbox in the wall. And I didn't even have a stamp. And it had to be away by the fucking Monday or Tuesday or something like that. And I sellotaped a 50p to the gas envelope. <laughs> and it fucking got there. I literally said, I swear to God, that's not even a joke. That's not even me trying to sound like I'm edgier than I am. I sellotaped a 50p piece to the envelope where the stamp should have been with two bits of sellotape and fired it into the post box uh, in Newtown Post Office, which shows you how much actual commitment I had for going to university. Um, I did go. I did six weeks of a politics course in Queens and then got the fuck out of Dodge because I did not like it one bit possibly because I didn't really want to be there um but yeah careers wise so I, I remember sitting in careers class one day and everybody's pouring over you know these courses oh this sounds good and this sounds good and there was one girl talking about it about what she was going to do and I said do you know what I says Karen why don't you have a look at scatology and she's like oh what's scatology I said, go and ask, don't go and ask Miss Curtis. I said, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know the exact um, nuts and bolts of it. But I, I, I just know it, it's, it's something to do with all the stuff that you're interested in. And she was like, oh my goodness, this is so exciting. And off she went. Scatology, for anyone who isn't in the know, is the study of excrement and shite in general. That was good banter that day. Um, I have absolutely lost my train of thought right now. Uh, I know there was something to do with um, university, scatology, careers. Yes, that's what it was, careers. Um, I do remember having a chat with my careers teacher and, and saying, just to be controversial, here, sir, uh, what about taking a year out? And he was like, <gasps> well, I wouldn't recommend that you take a year out, Leanne. It's very hard to get back into education after being out of it. So, you know, you should probably not think of taking a year out. I was like, right, dead on. So I just did what everybody else was doing. Obviously, it didn't work for me. Dropped out. Went and got a job in a bar and restaurant that rhymes with the tank. Uh, it's the bank. And I was serving said careers teacher and a couple of the other teachers one lunchtime. <laughs> he said, oh, you're here now, Leon. I was like, yeah, yeah, sir. I dropped out, so I'm going to go back next year, which was absolute fiction. Because I didn't go back. Um, I said yeah oh, that, that's good. Sometimes taking a year out isn't a, isn't a bad thing. It, 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 you know you can you can explore your options then. I was like why the fuck didn't you tell me that a year and a half ago. But anyway never mind. Uh, so yeah don't listen to careers advice. Um, a, a long term listener. First time caller. Or in this case second time caller. Alistair has said I just write you. P.S. up the peelers. That's very irresponsible to say to a 15 year old. Even if it is yourself. Uh, another one. Stay out of jail. That's probably not a, not a bad thing. Um, Zoe has said you're gay. Stop pretending you're not. Which I'm not sure if that's an attack. Or if it's what she would say to her 15 year old self. If it is what you would say to your 15 year old self. Then fair play to you. Um, I'm assuming that you're gay now. <laughs> if you are call me. Jokes. Um. Yeah, you're gay, stop pretending you're not. I, I, I never pretended, actually. I did for a wee while. I invented a fake boyfriend called Brendan. <laughs> In third year. um, Because obviously it, it was a, a great source of mystery as to why I didn't go to the teenage discos like Hilltown and Caesars um, to shift boys. Because that was the, the absolute 
absolute, absolute objective of life was to go to these discos and shift boys. And in, in order to, to hide my reluctance, I invented this boyfriend called Brenton who went to St Paul's. So that's why nobody knew him because he was a culture and he went to St Paul's. Therefore, the nearby girls would never see Brendan because he would have to help on the farm after school. He couldn't go to Friar Tucks after school. He'd have to help on the farm. So that was good. They bought it. They absolutely bought it. They were happy enough. Um, fucking fools. Anyway, um, Lisa McIntyre says, don't listen to the substitute careers advisor. Right, we've already covered that. Uh, yes, you should definitely take the class in IT. You will need to know how to format an Excel sheet. That's bullshit. I, well, maybe it's not. I've used Excel a couple of times. And I can always remember how to do the sum of the column or some shit. So I can do that. Uh, Keep at the football training. No, you may never be starting 15, but it'll help. We weren't allowed to do football whenever I went to the Sacred Heart. So when I was 15... Um, I see, because of course I had a love for the ga, um, when I was in primary school. Because it was a way of of saying, well, I'm every bit as good as the boys. Because I already have dormant feelings for women, uh, which means I'm a boy, but I'm not a boy. It's all very, all very weird. Whenever you're watching the fucking the six o'clock news and finding out who's been murdered, and you're trying to work out why Kate Smith is very attractive, with her statement bob is kate smith still alive anyone i liked a bit of kate smith anyway um so yeah i would have played football then in primary school and i remember going to a open night in st paul's which was the for people who don't live around here it's just a massive massive high school which is uh boys and girls uh and I, I just, that's, that's where I was destined for. I was like, well, that's what you do. You go to primary school, then you leave primary school, you go to St. Paul's. And that's what you do. And you might go to university, if you can be arsed. Um, and that was my, my sort of path, was to do that. And then I ended up, you know, sort of been made to go to the Sacred Heart. Uh, but anyway, long story short, went to the open night. and was like, right, what's the crack with fucking football, lads? And they were like, what? You're a girl. Girls don't play football. I was like, are you fucking serious? So, yeah. And then after that, I was like, do you know what? I don't care if I go to St. Paul's or not. Um, I knew I wasn't going to get to play football in Sacred Heart because it was all jolly hockey sticks. Or jolly uni-hawk sticks. Does anybody ever play a uni-hawk? It's the most, it's the most fake sport ever. It's, <laughs> it's just like, it's just like a plastic. Somebody, somebody got fucking a load of plastic bat made not even a bat they're the weirdest thing they're like they're like a like if the early learning center made a prosthetic leg in order to teach children about amputees that's what a uni hock stick is and you fucking it's really small so you just you end up you just getting a bat like a pain in your back by whacking this shite ball that has holes in it in in the gym and school or in the whatever hall or whatever it's just crap uh, why am I talking about Unihawk uh, fuck I can't remember um, oh yeah yeah um, Sacred Heart yeah so I, I, I'd made peace with the fact that I wasn't going to get to play football there 
but the fact that I wasn't going to get to play football in St Paul's was was very galling. Um, so then I gave up and just ate sweets. So here we are. Um, yeah, take the class in IT. IT was shite. I hated it. Um, IT in first year was just about how to type. It was basically it was it was fancy, fucking typing. That's what it was. Um, and then in second and third year, yeah, you did. You got to do exciting things with Excel. And that was it. Like, it was it was the most non class ever. You know, but you still had to do it. <clears throat> Our IT teacher in second and third year was a very exciting man. Um. By that I mean he was not exciting at all, and IT was just a fucking giggle fest, because he was so uninspiring, um, and so dispassionate about his subject that. He couldn't do anything else, only fucking take the piss. And he always had an apple um, on the desk. It was like a... Because obviously the computer suite was... You know, you had your computers round the sort of perimeter of the room. And there was a few tables in the middle. And he would like walk around the room. I don't even know what he was doing. He was probably bored. He was probably counting down the minutes until it was fucking half three. So he could get out and go and fucking live his life. But I think some naughty scamp took a bite. The apple was always there. And it was after lunchtime. I think it was like the last two periods or something we had IT. So it wasn't a lunchtime apple. It was, you know, a mid-afternoon snack apple. (laughs) Or maybe it was just an ornamental apple. I think somebody took a bite out of it and left it back. Just to see would there be a reaction. And do you know what? There was no reaction. He was probably over it at that stage. Anyway... Uh, next up, Louise has said, don't be such a dick to your ma, you hormonal wee bitch. A lot of self-anger there. Uh, probably not a good idea to be a dick to your ma. Your ma's your ma. Um, but sometimes ma's make, they elicit the dick within you with their ways. But less said about that, the better. Moroccan Sunset, my old friend Decky. Dear 15-year-old me, stop trying to be cool. You'll enjoy yourself tenfold and you're not impressing anyone that matters. That's very true. That is very true. Um, I don't think I ever tried to be cool at any stage. Um, it just happened automatically. <laughs> Jokes. No, I, I didn't try to be cool. But I get where you're coming from. Especially for fellas. I think there's a lot of pressure on fellas to be cool. So you're, you're probably, if there's any geekery in you, you might as well just be a geek. Because geeks end up being the coolest of the whole lot. Um, And, and the geeks are the ones that are apologised to by the jocks. In, you know, 10 or 15 years after you leave school, you'll get this fucking repentant jock coming up to you. Being like, oh, well, what's the crack by? Blah, blah, blah. And then there's a conversation. Because I, I was a bit of a geek at school. A geek in that I enjoyed mad sitcoms like the young ones and bottom and stuff and he used to fucking have a bit of a rick mail vibe going on you know having having you know coming out with fucking monologues that had that had been in the young ones that some people found hilariously funny because they'd never heard it before and they thought this is just me being some crazy person and then you get the odd one that also watched it but then you'd get like people that had never watched anything in their lives except neighbours and home and away and they thought I was fucking insane to the point of like dangerously insane where 
you know, they would go to the fucking school nurse and be well obviously this didn't happen, but you knew that they wanted it to to be like, I think that girl is like mentally an unstable myth. You know, get her away from us. She's not fucking wise. She's not wearing Charlie Red and looking to get fingered. Something wrong with her. I knew I'd drop the finger bomb at some stage. I apologize. Uh, Fiona Patterson says, Don't ever shave your face. I don't know if that's a, a confession or if it's just a, a, a useful piece of advice. I'm sure we all have been, you know, inquisitive about shaving uh, at one time or another. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to stop. I, had, I, I never shaved anything I shouldn't have shaved. I did have a very bad incident with IMAC, also now known as Vite. But that wasn't when I was a teenager. That was when I <laughs> was about 22. And it was very sore. Uh, Orla has again said, don't listen to careers advice you get in school. The IT bubble won't burst. Dump that lad. Go easy on the drink. You don't need it to make you interesting. And Newry isn't actually that bad of a place. Which is it's true. I've come to the conclusion in life that everywhere's different, but everywhere's the same. And Newry is as bad and as good as other places uh, go was he in the drink you don't need I didn't drink when I was 15 I didn't need to because let's face it fucking life was fantastic you had the spice girls right so we're talking about right so the, the tail end of 97 and then 98 right so you had the spice girls were doing their thing that won all the Brit awards early on 97 that who do you think you are right the comic relief vibe is going on Backstreet Boys were giving it the full ditty. Um, the Backstreet Boys were awesome. Loved them so much. Uh, they were really, really good. Um, what else was happening in 19... Well, in 97, you had the whole sadness of Princess Diana and all that. That was a bit shite. Um, God love her. Elton John, the laziest fucker in the world, decided to recycle an old song about another, you know, famous blonde lady who passed away too early. Um, that was a bit shite. Now I, I never understood that. Never understood that. Um, what else was going on? Ninety eight. You had, oh, the whole Biggie Smalls two pack thing. Obviously, they both fucking shot each other, killed each other, fucking got stabbed or whatever, or did two pack die at all? Who knows? Um, but the the bad boy for life thing was happening. Puff Daddy was big. Um, and Mace. If anybody remembers Mace. Bad, 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 bad boys. No, fair enough. Um, oh, we've got nothing else there on the on the contributions from other people. If I had to write a letter to my fifteen year old self, I'd probably say, Leanne, stop fucking eating sweets, will you? Do a wee bit of exercise. Go for a walk, or go for a run or something. Um, that would probably would be good advice. Um. Don't go and see Titanic. No, that's a joke. I resisted Titanic for a long time. So it was it was the whole 97 thing. Um, which put youngsters into a fucking frenzy. Of sexual lust for Leonardo DiCaprio. Who was the most uninspiring lead male in a romantic... It basically was a fucking... Well, I was going to say it was a rom-com. <laughs> But I mean, it was a romantic movie. It was a sappy romantic movie about somebody fucking getting their hole on a boat and then, you know, them dying. Um, 
well, Kate Winslet didn't die, obviously. But uh, yeah, it was there was just there was the hormones that were expended over Leonardo DiCaprio, and that was unbelievable. And because I am contrary as hell, I didn't go and see Titanic for ages. I just I, I went when when I had to go. I couldn't put it off any longer. But because people were raving about it, then I automatically swerved it. But then it did go and it did cry. It did cry. Um not uncontrollably, but it did it did cry. It cried a good bit, I have to say. Um but yeah, apart from that, um that bit of pop culture there in ninety eight was pretty pretty amazing. It was a it was a good time, you know. Um you know, the Good Friday Agreement was was sort of happening, obviously, in sort of mid-98. You had Oma, which was fucking horrendous. So that was a massive bad point there. Um, I think everybody sort of knows where they were whenever that happened. I was down the town, as in Newry, with Paddy Hughes and Rory McGuigan. And we were going down the town doing our usual go to the magnet you know that was the magnet was basically like it was like a, a youth center that wasn't cheesy it was very edgy um you went there if you were over 16 to smoke cigarettes and if you you were over 16 and didn't smoke cigarettes that was also cool um and we were we were heading down there and the news started coming in which was fucking shocking it was shocking you know early on and then whenever you get home because obviously you had to be home at a respectable time i.e. when the buses went so I think I got home to Newtown um, at about half six in the evening and I whipped on Sky News and it was just you know the toll the death toll just started going up and up and up and up and up and that was a fucking major low point and I was working in my uncle's shop um, at the weekends at that stage <coughs> Doing that on a Saturday and a Sunday. And I used to... I used to go down with my granda. Because he opened up in the morning. So I used to go down with him. And all... Because you didn't have the internet then. Obviously. um, Well, we didn't have the internet then. And you didn't know what was happening. You just saw the... You saw the numbers on the TV and... You know. But whenever... The... Papers then on the, on the Monday and the Tuesday and... You know, day on day on day... You used to, because obviously you had to fucking sort out the paper, the Irish news and all, all the different papers, you know, had to sort them all out whenever they came in on the delivery. And then there was the photographs were coming out, you know, there's photographs of these victims and there was new photographs every day of these, of these poor, poor, poor people that had fucking, that had died. Like, and there was, there was two girls, Samantha, um, Samantha, was it Samantha McFarlane? And Lorraine Wilson, that could that could be totally wrong. Those two names, um, they were two schoolgirls, and they were about about the same age as me. And I remember looking at them and going, "That's fucked up," you know. They that they could be my mates, like, you know. So that was a bad time. That was a bad time in nineteen ninety eight, um. But moving on, there's not there's there's nothing there's nothing you can say to actually to like sandwich that <laughs> you know like how do you move on from that by by saying what well, but sure it was all right you know we had fucking um you know oasis released fucking be here now or whatever and fucking 97 98 you know you can't 
can't just you can't just go on from that in a weird way um so yeah modern life is rubbish <laughs> um thank you to everyone who has commented positively on uh, the previous podcast I did with Darren Matthews went down very well thank you um this is obviously me solo because I sort of feel the need to keep it up now because people are like oh my god I can't wait for the next one and I'm like <laughs> um hard to know yeah that's maybe that's something I should stick down in a letter to my 15 year old self stop fucking worrying about stuff that you can't control stop overthinking um what else what other yeah what other regrets? Well, not regrets, but um, yeah. So eat, eat less, exercise more, don't smoke. Don't smoke. Not that I smoke massively. I do enjoy a cigarette, and in light of this whole COVID nineteen carry on, I have cut back dramatically. Now, when I say I didn't smoke that much, you're talking a maximum five cigarettes a day, which is not bad. Um, but I have cut down now to an average over the last three weeks of maybe one every other day which is quite good and people say well what are you bothering smoking for at all it's because i fucking like it i enjoy it. it makes me feel good but i know it's a bad thing in general so that would be in the letter would be don't smoke also in the letter would be stop worrying what people think about you just do what you want to do regardless of what other people think you should do um what else uh, say what yeah definitely say what you think but my life has been paralysed um, by not saying what I think I have fucking and, and people think oh <laughs> McCoy, she says what we all think you know she doesn't care she doesn't hold back I fucking do hold back massively there's a load of things I could be saying that I don't say um, to people that matter but fear of getting shouted at or fear of offending always holds me back and do you know what it doesn't get you anywhere because the the little pocket of bile that you need to release uh when you don't release it it just circulates through you and it um yeah burns you up inside (laughs) so you end up opening a coffee shop drinking wine and eating caramel squares to dull the pain so you know happy days guys uh yeah, so I think that's that's probably that's probably yeah what I what I would write. Um, apart from that, I don't think I'd write anything else. I don't think there's any great calamities that I haven't been able to come back from or you know got life learning out of it. Um, so yeah, what would you write in in a letter to your fifteen year old self? And if you did write that letter, and as a fifteen year old you received that letter, would you take the advice? <laughs> it sounds like a fucking shite M&M ripoff. It's like if, uh, if a Christian band camp covered fucking Lose Yourself. Um, if you got the letter, would you read it? Or would you just let it slip? Um, we probably wouldn't. Because let's face it, the letter to your 15-year-old self comes to you all the time through the medium of your parents slash guardians or caregivers. But you don't actually listen to it. You don't you don't sit down and read the letter, uh, or or heed the advice. You don't. You're like fuck off and don't annoy me. I'll find my own way. Find my own way, man. I'm my own person. Yeah, doesn't always work out. Life always gets in the way. But hey ho, 
we're still here to tell the tale. Um, hopefully we'll all still be here to tell the tale whenever this storm passes. This um, fear epidemic, which I think is bigger than the actual epidemic. Sorry, pandemic. Uh, fear is a mental, mental, mental thing. Uh, and it's... You see, I've had existential angst. For the last I fucking don't know how many years. So I've I've already had the anxiety of oh my god what if the world ends? Oh my god what if I die? Oh my god what if my family dies? And I'm the only one that's left. I've had all these thoughts. I'm gonna say I don't mean fleeting thoughts. I've had these thoughts where you you have the the initial thought and then you you fucking unpick it, you process it, you feel every single element of it. You have a cry. And then you go to sleep. Do you know whenever you have a really good cathartic cry and you're so exhausted you just go for a kip? Um, I've had all that already. Over many things. So many things. Not just death and, you know, the existence of the world and the existence of the self and all that. I've had these over over, over most things in my life. <laughs> uh, what was that about? Don't overthink. Um, but it, it's, it's kind of amusing in a way, in a sick way, to see people... Who this has never occurred to before, you know, the, you know that life ends or that bad things happen. You know, there's, there's people that walk around in a wee bubble and they're quite happy. And I fucking, I envy those people so much, you know. Um, And you see them now and they're, they're fucking, they're just, they're knocked sideways completely. And I'm like, ha <laughs> ha, oh, welcome to the club, guys. Welcome to the club. But... Everything passes, everything ends, and life will still go on. And those little people, that sounds very patronising, those people who are, are having a a weird wake up, a weird realisation right now, whenever this is all over, God willing, they will go back to how they were before. And, you know, take whatever from it. Whereas lunatics like me will find something else to be existentially fucking panicky about and there's absolutely nothing I can do about that so for now sorry for talking shit thank you for listening and I'll see you again <laughs>